Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, everyone, to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are going to do a Friday short here because we could not get a guest last night that uh, had, a, had a quick change of plans, had to cancel, and then we uh, had a you know sick child here at my house, so we're trying to do our best for him, which means there was not the ability to adjust on the fly. But I did want to keep up with the daily content, put something out for you guys today, talk about a little bit of... Uh, what we saw yesterday, what we heard yesterday, I think an imperative thing to consider when you hear the uh, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinator uh, talk about last year and coming into this year, the things changing. Uh, I think it's really interesting to, to to pay attention to the quotes these guys give. And Alex Van Pelt, who was first up, didn't really have a ton to say. I think it's still sort of in the air where it's going with him this year. I think he could continue with his role not calling plays, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if he does ultimately get the chance to call plays. He touched again on cadences, and, and we we talked about it from Stefanski. I wrote it up at the OBR, how those cadences can help your offense find little advantages play to play. The quick snap, the guard-initiated silent count, where the guard's tapping the center on the side. He mentioned... Before the season, they only had four or five in. Uh, as they had limited time together by the end of the year, they had nearly 20. So I would expect variances in, in play calling, cadences, things like that, will continue to see fluctuate and especially will be an uh, intricate part of what they do this year as changes need to be made as, obviously, more crowd noise, bigger moments, more pressure-packed situations as you get 60,000, 70,000 fans back in these stadiums. You'll have to alter. It's just a necessary progression. Uh, also found the quote he, he he was asked about Odell Beckham as all of these guys are Stefanski's has been asked I'm sure wide receivers coach will be asked when his turn to talk uh, later in training camp about you know Baker playing better without without Beckham last year I think what Stefanski's answer was really great I think Baker was better as the season went on whether Odell was there or not is kind of irrelevant um, it's kind of like if Odell was there I think it would have happened anyway but if he wasn't there uh, it did. It just did. It just worked out that way. He started Baker started to understand the offense more. What we were asking of him got his footwork right, which I completely agree about. That he got better regardless of who was on the field. As I said earlier, you always want to you want to have your greatest players on the field at any one time. Anytime you can take a great player, anytime you take a great player off the field, you have to find ways to generate more offense. It will be better with Odell, no doubt. That is a uh, piece of uh, talking point that has been in, in unison through the franchise and. And uh, I appreciate that. I think it's great to say. And I think the idea that Mayfield got better uh, is completely separated in the second half of the year from what Odell, you know, Odell missing time. Just more coincidence is what the Browns feel than anything right now. Also talked about Mayfield being in really good physical shape already, which I did. I, I did like to hear that. I think everybody should because, you know, he's working hard on those things. Joe Woods uh, talked for a while about his defense, the adding of Jadevian Clowney and how that helps Miles Garrett, teams sliding away from Miles, uh, sorry, sliding their protection toward Miles. They can't do that as much anymore. Tack McKinley will be in the mix. Um, you know, how limited last year the scheme was, which I thought was interesting. Um, 
you know, we had no excuses, no exceptions. Week in, week out, we're trying to find a way to win just based on practice time and players available. There were certain things we we're not able to do, which then he talked about the ability to run dimes. So dimes is a big part of what I was involved in in Denver with Wade Phillips and his system. And I'm eventually going to write about a key player in that Denver defense and how the Browns are going to use some players in their defense to fill that sort of hybrid role Will Parks was able to play and do really well. When we go dime, you're putting more cover guys on the field and we're putting more speed on the field. It'll probably not be as much as I ran in Denver, but it will definitely be a lot more than last year, especially on third down two-minute situations. And that's when you start to talk about JOK, which I thought he, his quote about Jeremiah wusu Kormo was great. The thing we have to be careful about JOK, because he talked about he's a smart player, he's athletic, you can see the speed, quickness, change of direction, all of that, but you have to be careful when you look at him is that you don't, is that you want him to do a lot, but coming in as a rookie, you don't want him to be put in too many of those pressure pack situations early on. You gradually bring him along, and as he gains experience and understands the defense more and more, you'll expand it. But there are some things on the whiteboard I want to do with him, but we probably won't get to all of them this year. Or maybe they do, because he he, he absorbs everything really quickly. Uh, we'll see about that. I thought the thing that I really liked was his comment on the slot play from, from Greg Newsom. So far, it looks like he can play in the slot during the offseason, is when you really want to put guys in those positions to see what they're capable of doing in terms of playing inside or outside. So we expose him to it, see if he knows the coverages and the techniques we're asking him to play. When we come back in training camp, we'll see how he progressed. And for him to keep moving in that direction, just focus more outside at corner. Or if it's best, to just focus more outside. So it looks like they might consider playing Greg Newsom inside, which is a really interesting development because we hadn't really talked about that i think greedy is an outside only corner i think denzel can slide inside too but he's more comfortable outside we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If Greg Newsom's able to play that slot and play outside at the same time and be a travel guy who can go side to side, that lends to you putting your best defensive backs with Troy Hill on the field at any given moment. And the same with Ronnie Harrison. You know, he's talking about Ronnie Harrison joining the team right before last season on how it was beneficial to get him. It was beneficial to have him here. I think he's got a big role. We like everything we're doing with players within the scheme. With Ronnie, I was watching from yesterday, I said, who is that guy in the post? They were like, that's Ronnie. I said, Ronnie, in terms of just what he's done so far, working on his movement skills, bending more in his back pedal, he looks like a different guy. He's got natural feet for the play in the box. I think he's set up to have a really good year for us. And I do too because they can pigeon him uh, pigeon him into what he does best, which is what is most exciting. Um, and he talked about the smaller group, like if they don't feel like they have a big enough group at the second and third levels. Well, I think they adjusted by bringing in bigger defensive linemen. So his, his comment about being too light... He said he doesn't think they're too light. The question pertains to JOK. 
Uh, but when you look around the league, the league's becoming more of a team spreading you out in quick throws. It's becoming more matchups and space. Malcolm Smith was really a, uh, the first guy he came out when he was 225. Deion Jones, who I have directly compared JOK to in the 220s. Guys like Quan Alexander in the 220s. Darius Leonard has noted that he's played close to 200 in Indianapolis before. So um, I like that quote from him. I think that was really good. And, you know, other quotes about Andrew Billings. He's coming in, he's a big fella. He opted out of last year. He's a grown man. He's strong. Obviously, he has size, but he's very strong. I think he's more power lifter in high school. I talked to him. He said he's not as strong as he could be, but he said give him a month and he'll be back to squatting 900 pounds, which is just crazy. He does have a video of doing that in high school. That's why you go through OTA, summer working out, getting back in, in shape. And I think that's a really interesting uh, you know, plot line for this year is guys who sat out last year and maybe didn't have that utter motivation to work as hard as they maybe should. Um, how do they get back in shape this summer to come back for this year's season after probably taking their first year off of football and a long time in their life. I think that's something that across the league, not just Andrew Billings or Drew Forbes or any of these guys who opted out, I think that's a particularly interesting one to pay attention to. And then lastly, Mike Prefer talked. Um, I, I thought he had a really good quote about, he was asked about the Dallas Morning News annual special teams rankings, and they gave him the Browns a less optimal grade in 2020 and what they need to improve in 2021. We have a lot of improving to do. We need to improve our return game immensely, which was really bad to start the year. And obviously their kickoff team struggled to start the year, but they did get better as the year wore on. And that's what he specifically said. Uh, we started the season slow on kickoff coverage, and I thought the season we ended it well. Uh, this quote here is interesting because we don't we know the Browns use analytics, but we don't exactly know what those analytics are they use and how they tie it together. So Chief Strategy Officer Paul DePodesta uses a formula that basically takes into account everything during a game and gives a point to every play with his analytics. I like that because when we played those three games in November, it was horrendous weather. Obviously, it's easier to get better stats and better conditions. When I was in Minnesota, we played nine games a year indoors, including Detroit, so it was easier to have net punt and do a better job on kickoff. Not making excuses because the weather is the weather. I love the weather in Cleveland. I think we have to take it to our advantage. I know we started so, but we ended really, really strong. We won at least seven of the last eight games, including playoff games. This is what I look for. I thought the quote about the data there is interesting. They're assigning a point to each one. And then that brought you know, that brought me to and he's talking to, to wrap up pre for he's talking about kickoff coverage. I mean, they're talking about kicker Cody Parker coming in stronger to improve his distance. He asked about a potential advantage in the Anthony Schwartz in return game. Uh, he said probably because he's not done it. We tried punts a little bit before he hurt his hamstring, struggled a little bit because it's really new to him. It's a lot harder. Punts are harder to catch than kickoffs for a doubt, without a doubt, because they're spinning instead of turning over top-wise. They're, they're spinning, and that, that leads to more unpredictable. It's like a knuckleball you're trying to catch sometimes. And then he also mentioned talking about Demetric Felton and some of his versatility too. But... Um, the thing I want to tell you guys to go listen to is we have had uh, Kevin Cole come on this podcast many times. He's pro football focused data scientist, does work for them. He brought in David Giuliani, who's the Browns director and strategy director and strat of strategy and research. So they talked about becoming more focused on data, how to best communicate with coaches and other decision makers, and then how uh, recruiting has changed with so much good analysis in the public. And I thought things that he talked about, which a lot of people has, have asked me this question, which is like, how do I get involved uh, with with making myself known, uh, whether I like to break down film or whether I like to be in data? You have to make your stuff available in public. And David talked about that because the Browns pay attention to that. If you're doing smart stuff in public, the public forum, 
they catch on and that's where guys get hired. Big dateable people the Browns have pulled directly from there. And Julian is talking about that. He's also talking about how you don't have to have immense football knowledge to get into this thing. You have to have a passion for football and learning and absorbing. But there are more guys who have this background of playing football than have the ability to manipulate numbers to show patterns within football that work. So if you have that, you can learn football. But the opposite end of the spectrum, guys who have the football knowledge and don't, there's less an abundance of those people that know the 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 whatever the formula is or whatever you're trying to work on, the project, whatever, that have that skill set. So that's a big thing that they're talking about. And, and really in that podcast, it's about 42 minutes long. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, whatever, um, you know, is is trying to pay attention to how they relate the data from guys who study numbers a lot to the football side of things and make it all make sense. He talked about the meeting they have once a week with the coordinators and the head coach. He talked about trying to make sure there are universal things like everybody knowing what 11 personnel is, some of these things. Obviously, the coaching staff is going to know a lot more than these guys who are doing the data-driven things, but the data-driven stuff is important, and it can lead to better coaching decisions. And if you lose the egos and you can go into it saying, how do we make each other better here, that's where the best mesh is for an organization to get the most out of their coaching decisions and the most out of this analytics department because you can have all these guys in analytics, but how does that translate to wins? And I thought David did a really good job of that. So, uh, yeah, I think you should you should spend time checking that out if you can, especially if you're interested in more of the inside details on the Browns and, and some of the things that they're doing. Again, uh, you get it's called unexpected points if you're looking for it. Uh, I just would think, I think it's really good for you to to pay attention to. So, a uh, reminder that coming up in the next few months, it's it's going to be what's well, the next month and a half before training camp. It's there, we're not going to get much news. We're going to get some things that trickle in, but we don't see the players again until training camp. Uh, so we will try to come up with our best sort of things to to make this this entertaining. We're going to have an AFC contender series coming up. We're going to look at the Bills, the Chiefs, uh, Dolphins, Colts, Titans, teams we think will be in contention to maybe challenge for the AFC. So uh, I, I hope you enjoy that. And I've seen a couple people shoot me DMs with ideas. I will use those ideas. If you have them, you come up with them, let me know. I will I will run through those and uh, have guests on. We're going to do a, a, a podcast next week with Jordan Zermer. We rank uniforms and we rank, uh, we do our quarterback tiers. I think that stuff's fun. So now is just a time to maybe look league-wide, look at other teams, preview them into the Browns, and then sort of mesh our understanding of the rest of the league into what will be the Browns. Because once we hit training camp, it's nonstop Browns 24-7. So a fun time for that. So if you have any ideas, any cool concepts, or something you heard somewhere else that might be cool to bring in to the Brown Sphere and have a conversation with somebody about, please do let me know. We will get one weekend bonus content edition this weekend with uh, Doug Marie will be on. We'll chat with him. Uh, but otherwise, just one weekend content piece there is uh, a lot of stuff going on my way. So just one. Sorry about that. If you're expecting to, my apologies. But anyway, hope you had a great week. Sorry about the short content here on a Friday. Life just got crazy. Hopefully you guys had a great week and you have a great weekend. Fun things planned. Uh, time with your family, all that good stuff. I appreciate you guys listening very much, giving those reviews, downloads, subscriptions are always important to me. Uh, They mean the world to me. I appreciate your support. And as usual, until we talk next time, guys, thanks for joining me for this quick hitter on a Friday, and go Browns.